you take God's precious word and turn the book of Hosea, please. Book of Hosea, and while you're turning there, I'll catch you up on our uh, gospel contacts this week. Our weekly total is 73, and for those who are visiting, that means 73 tracts that were passed out or or some type of gospel contact that was made where we're trying to share the gospel with our neighbors, and that brings our yearly subtotal up to 2,500. Uh, also, I'd like to, before I forget, uh, after church service this morning, uh, those of y'all who um, are interested in helping out with the Vacation Bible School coming up, if you'll meet with Miss Tammy over here in her sanctified corner of the church, then uh, she's going to have a, a meeting with the uh, Vacation Bible School volunteers. So please don't forget that. All right. Hosea chapter 3, if everyone would turn there. I'm sorry, chapter 6. God willing, we'll be expounding verse 3. Hosea chapter 6, we'll be expounding verse 3. Taking God's word verse by verse. The title of the message this morning is, Here Comes the Son. Here Comes the Son. And I tell you what, when I was studying this message, just meditating on this, on, on this verse, I tell you what, I just wanted to get up and start preaching, start shouting and everything else. I was so excited reading it. Look here in verse 3. Then shall we know. Then shall we know. Now in Hosea 6.1, as we're streaming this all together here, Hosea 6.1, I want you to underscore the words, Come and let us return unto the Lord. That's where we were last week. Come and let us return unto the Lord. That's what Israel is going to say before Jesus comes again. In the end of time, Israel is going to come to themselves as the prodigal son did when he was away from the father. And they're going to say, we know what's wrong. We know how to fix the mess we're in. Come, let us return unto the Lord. Now in Hosea 6.2, underscore, in the third day, he will raise us up. And we shall live in His sight. Man, that's good, isn't it? In the third day, He shall raise us up, and we shall live in His sight. We learned last week that this is their acknowledgement of the gospel message. The only way to live is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When He raised, was raised again on the third day to give life where only death had been. Okay, let's now see how the thoughts in verses 1 and 2... Flow into our text in verse 3 this morning. Listen carefully as we string these verses together. Come, let us return unto the Lord. He will raise us up, and we shall live. Then shall we know. Come, let us return unto the Lord. He will raise us up. We shall live. We shall know. Israel is saying, come, let us return to the Lord we left so long ago. We have fallen as a nation. But if we return to Him, He will raise us up the third day with Jesus. We shall live through the gospel of His Son. And then we shall know the Lord. 
You see, living and knowing go hand in hand. Living and knowing go hand in hand. The Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 3. The Gospel of John, chapter 17, verse 3, if you're taking notes, or if you want to write this down in your margin. Jesus prayed unto the Father, and He said, This is life eternal, that they might know Thee. Living and knowing go hand in hand. What blessed benefits we will receive if we will only return unto the Lord. He will raise us up with Jesus. We will live with Him forever. And we will know the One who created us and loved us before the world began. Not only is there a connection between knowing and living, but there is also a connection between returning and knowing. Watch closely in our text here. We live by knowing Him. And we know by returning to Him. Repeat that again. Jesus said, This is life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. We live by knowing Him. We know by returning to Him. Here's a kingdom truth. You will never come to know until you come to Jesus. You will never come to know until you come to Jesus. The knowledge of God doesn't come by learning. It comes by returning. I've heard people say, oh, I know the Bible. I've read it all the way through. I've heard people say, well, I'd probably know the Bible better than you do. I've heard them brag about people who've read the Bible cover to cover. Well, he can quote the whole Bible. He's got it all memorized. But the truth is, you can read the Bible cover to cover and never know the Lord. You can memorize Scripture. You can teach from the Bible. You can quote Scripture all day long. But you will never truly know the Word of God until your heart returns to the God of the Word. There are false teachers out there who probably know uh, many more Bible verses than the people out here in the pews right now. I think everyone would probably agree with that. They quote them to their listeners, just like the devil quoted the Bible to Jesus. I tell you what, the, the devil knows the Bible better than you do. But he doesn't know the Lord. So they quote it, just like the devil quoted the Bible to Jesus, but they will never know the sweet truths that are contained therein until they, like the nation of Israel, make the conscientious decision to leave behind their birth in Adam and come back to the God who made them through His Son, Jesus Christ. Some of the most ignorant people have come to God in the past with a sincere heart. And God would take those ignorant people and turn them into champions of His truth. They marveled at how the, the uh, apostles were able to preach with the power and the knowledge they did. How Jesus was able to. But you can take a stiff-necked people, like those Pharisees, 
like those Sadducees, and you can give them the finest Bible education that money can buy, and they will never understand the Word of God or know the God of the Word. Here's another kingdom truth. Turn your heart toward God, and He will put His heart in you. Turn your heart toward God, and He will put His heart in you. Israel will say, let's return to the Lord, and we will know Him, look back in your text, if we follow on to know the Lord. If you have a King James translation, then you will notice that the word if is in italics. It's not there in the original language. It's supplied by the translators. A literal translation words it this way. Then we shall know, we who follow on to know Jehovah. Then we shall know, we who follow on to know Jehovah. Reminds me of what Jesus said. No, this is not in my notes, but sometimes the Lord will bring a scripture to my mind, and I'm going to say it, so it's not going to be up here on the screen. Jesus said... If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And ye shall, what? Know the truth. And the truth will make you free. That's what these people are doing. We'll know the Lord. We'll have the knowledge of God. If we will commit ourselves to returning to Him. Not halfway. Not like some of the people who came out of Egypt. They came out of Egypt and they left one foot in Egypt and one foot on the other side of that Red Sea. Every time they get in trouble, oh, if we just only go back to Egypt. Nah. Do like the Apostle Peter did. Jesus said, will you also go away? He said, whom shall we go? <laughs> There's no other place to go. You're the one that has the words of eternal life. Now what was that? That was a man who had returned to God through Jesus. That was a man who was fully committed to the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man comes from the Father but by him. The people that Jesus said that to, it wasn't very long after he said it, and they went off and left him. They had not really returned to the Lord. But these people said, let's return to the Lord, and we shall know, they said, if we follow on to the know of the Lord. Or those of us who follow on to know the Lord. Speaking of those who Jesus will have cast into the lake of fire at the judgment at the end of time. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 verse 23. He said, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Then we'll know the Lord. These people never knew the Lord. Adam and Eve had the opportunity to enjoy the knowledge of God. But instead they chose the knowledge of good and evil. Why did Adam and Eve die? They died because they declined the knowledge of God. Pure and simple. You may ask, Pastor, how can you say that Adam and Eve didn't know the Lord... I mean, God personally spoke to them that God walked with them in the Garden of Eden. God told them with His own voice. He said, you know, of all the trees of the garden you may freely eat, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. How, how can you say that they didn't know the Lord? I can say it for the same reason that the Bible says Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bear a son. 
So how can Adam know Eve after he already knew Eve? He saw Eve from the moment that God pulled her from uh, Adam's side and woke Adam up, and Adam woke up, and there she was. He knew her from the very beginning. The same Hebrew word translated know here in Hosea is the same Hebrew word used to describe Adam and Eve knowing good and evil in the Garden of Eden. They had knowledge, just the wrong knowledge. They had a substitute knowledge, which is what the world offers us in the false religions today. They didn't have the knowledge of God. They had the knowledge of good and evil. After they ate the fruit. And it's the same word used to describe Adam having intercourse with his wife. Adam knew Eve, his wife. You see, Adam knew Eve personally. But in order for them to have a child, he had to know Eve intimately. And in the same way, Adam knew God personally. But in order for him to have eternal life, he had to know God spiritually. You see? He had to know God, as Jesus said, in spirit and in truth. And that is the knowledge Adam and Eve declined by seeking the knowledge of good and evil instead. The same lack of knowledge that brought death to Adam is the same lack of knowledge that brought death to Israel as a nation. Look, if you would, back in Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4, verse 1. And you'll see. Watch how the Scriptures tie together. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth nor mercy, look here now, nor knowledge of God in the land. Look down a few verses more, Hosea 4 verse 6. Look what God said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I also will reject thee. Why is the nation of America, why are we destroyed today? For lack of knowledge. You see what's happening with our land today. You see the foolishness, the utter craziness, the shocking stupidity of the decisions people are making today for their lives. And it's the direct result of them rejecting the knowledge of God. Listen, when you shove the light away, all you have left to walk in is darkness. That's what America has done. That's what Israel has done. That's why Israel is stumbled to, stumbling today. That's why they stumbled for the past 2,000 plus years. And that's why they're finally going to say in the end, Come, let us return to the Lord. Then we shall know Him. Then we'll know Him. He said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. But in the latter day, Israel will acknowledge their sin. They're going to acknowledge they, re, they rejected the Savior God sent. And they will seek after the knowledge of God. They will seek to know God in spirit and in truth. They will seek to know Him according to His Word, according to the revelation He has given therein, which will cause them to know Him through the Savior He sent. And knowing the Savior He sent... They will say, look back in your text, 
his going forth is prepared as the morning. His going forth is prepared as the morning. There is coming a time when Jesus shall come back to this earth to judge the wicked and to deliver from sin and death all who believe on Him as Savior and Lord. That's His going forth. Now, when Jesus left, here's what He said. He told His disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. Isn't that what he said? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will what? I'll come again. When Jesus left the earth, that was him going to prepare a place for them. Now that's where he's at right now, at the right hand of God. But he said, I won't come again. That means one day, and it's not too far from now, that means one day, the one who had a going from earth is going to have a going from heaven. You see, when Jesus said, I go, he had a going forth from earth, he had a coming home to heaven. But one day, he's going to have a going forth from heaven and a coming back to earth. That's what Israel's going to recognize. And the third day he will raise us up and we shall live again. His going forth is prepared. Watch this now. Watch this now. If you're taking notes, write down Malachi chapter 4. That's the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi chapter 4. In Genesis, Jesus, we've been learning that in the book of Malachi, it closed by telling the people there would be a special messenger come before the promised Savior came. That special messenger was John the Baptist. But look what else Malachi said. Malachi reached far into the future. Watch what he said now. Malachi 4.2, the Lord says, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in His wings. And ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. Now that's, that's rough reading there. We don't talk like that today. But let me explain what that's talking about. Here in East Texas, we have the pleasure... Of knowing about calves. There in the Middle East they have the pleasure. When they read the scriptures of knowing about sheep. Up in Indiana where my precious wife is from. They have the pleasure of knowing about agriculture. All that helps when you have that knowledge. And you're reading the scriptures. But here we are now. Us East Texans. We're going to have an advantage. Over these other folks. When I was growing up. My dad had some calves. We had them in a little pen. We go out there and bottle feed them each morning. And one day, when those calves got a little older, my dad expanded some fence, made sure that it was where they couldn't get out and get out on the highway and get ran over. And one day, 
that stall door swung open. And you know what happens when a calf runs out of that stall for the first time? What happens? They sure do. They sure do. That's what Hosea is describing here, Abigail. How many of y'all seen that happen? Man, it's, is that fun or what? Those calves come out and woo they start kicking. I know y'all want me to get on my all fours and, and, and demonstrate for you. Maybe when I was in my 20s, 30s, I would have. But boy, they'll start bucking and kicking and they're so excited. Why? Life seemed normal to them when they were in the stall. It's all they knew. I've got a stall. I'm protected. I've got grass. I've got people bringing me food. Everything's okay. But they never experienced what it was like to be truly free. And when that stall opens up, and they jump out, and they begin to experience the freedom they'd never known before, all they can do is start bucking with joy. And the prophet Malachi is saying that one day the one who went, he's going to have a going forth. He's going to leave heaven, go forth from heaven, come back to earth. And when he does, we're going to be like calves in that stall. We're going to grow up in the knowledge of God. And knowing Him, without the, the, the reservation and the, 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 the fences of this flesh that restrict the knowledge we should have. In the purity and entirety of the knowledge of Christ as we were intended to. We're going to grow up in the Lord Jesus. We're going to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior in Jesus Christ. And day after day after day, we're going to know life like those calves. We're going to know it like we've never known it before. And we're going to get up each and every morning if we sleep then. I don't know what the future is going to be like, Brother Doug. We're going to be like bucking calves, just living in the joy of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's going to come back with healing in his wings. He's going to heal this sin-sick world. And boy, is it sick. He's going to heal it. Brother Shep, that's exciting. <laughs> Jesus, look what it says here. Go back to your text. Go back to your text. His going forth is prepared. Now, that Hebrew word prepared, it means to erect something. It means to set something up. Jesus going from heaven and coming back to earth is prepared. It's set up. It's prearranged. It's foreordained. And how is it prepared? What does the scripture say there? It's prepared how? Huh? As the morning. It's prepared. It's set up as the morning. Now listen. If there's one thing everybody in here knows, it's this. I don't think anybody would be crazy enough to debate me on this. But if there's anything that anyone knows, it's this. No matter what happens today, 
that sun's going to come up in the morning. Sometimes, when someone's wanting to console somebody after they had a bad day, you know what they'll say? Hey, that's all right. I bet the sun will come up in the morning. You see what the prophet Jose is saying here? There's coming a time when Jesus is going to come back to judge the world with healing in His wings. He's going to heal the sin-sick world and His going forth to do this is prepared as the morning. Do you realize what the Bible is saying here? It's saying Jesus is coming back to this world just as sure as the sun comes up in the morning. You can hang your hat on it. Repentant Israel goes on to say, look back in your text, and He shall come. Now, now notice, notice the... Notice the correlation here. Remember, His goings forth is prepared as the morning and He shall come. Remember the coming and the going? He said, when He was on earth, I go to prepare a place for you. So he, His goings forth was from earth and He came to heaven. They said His going forth is prepared as the morning. That's talking about Him going from heaven and now you see He's coming to earth. You see how that works? <clears throat> and he shall come, that is when he goes forth from heaven, to come back to the earth, he shall come unto us, set together, as the rain. As the rain. Man, living in Texas, we have an advantage on that too, Brother Doug. But we don't, only, we don't just know about calves jumping for joy out of stalls. If you've never seen that, I bet someone on YouTube has a video of it. Get on YouTube and search for a calf jumping, coming out of a stall. Man, I tell you why, that is fun to watch. But not only do we know about calves jumping out of the stall, but we know a little bit about what it's like to suffer through drought, don't we? Especially the cattlemen and the farmers. We know what it's like to go through a season of drought. We know what it's like when pastures are burned with the summer heat and ranchers have to sell their cattle off because they can't feed them. That happened not too long ago here. Tell you what, when that rancher or that farmer's in dire straits and they're looking out and they're seeing their corn or their whatever crop they're growing and they see it burning up in that Texas sun and they see their cows waning away and they don't have the feed to feed those cows. But one morning they hear the rumbling of the thunder. They get excited about it. They look out. I did that. The, I did that yesterday. I tell you what, man. I, I I I've been out. I've got my my garden in my backyard. You step out and you just see those plants just a wilting in that Texas heat. And I think, boy, I sure wish it rained today. Next thing you know, you can hear that thunder rumbling. You feel the wind getting up. The sky starts to get dark. And boy, we had such a nice rain come down. And within, within no time, those same plants were all perked up and alive. Right now, this world has been living in a long, long season of drought. Spiritual dryness. You remember how God spoke about 
Israel and that spiritual dryness. He had the, the vision of, Is, uh, uh, of uh, the dry bones. And God said, I'm going to make these dry bones live. That's what it's going to be like when the Son of Man goes forth from heaven and comes back to earth. His coming is going to have such an impact that the earth is going to cast out her dead. And your family before you who trusted in Christ, who've been slumbering in the graves, are going to come out. Those of us who are alive and remain will be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. And this dry, barren world will once again turn green with the life of Jesus Christ. His coming is going to be back to us like rain coming back to a dry land. That's the way it's going to be when Jesus comes. Yes, He'll come to us. Look back in your text. As the latter in former rain unto the earth. As the latter in former rain unto the earth. Now, not only is rain necessary to sustain life on the earth, but by God's design, rain comes faithfully to the earth. And you know when it comes? It comes with the change of season. It says here, the latter and former rain unto the earth. When does the latter rain come? Well, we're talking about the spring rain and the fall rain. When does the former or the first rain come? It comes after the break in winter. When that warm air. Now, I don't want to get all meteorological on you. I don't want to talk over your heads. But, but when that warm air comes, the change of season comes, what does a change of season bring? It brings rain. As my science professor once said, again, I don't want to talk over your heads, April showers bring May flowers. But the change of season brings rain. And then it gets real, real hot. And the rain stops. But then another change of season comes. And then the cool air starts coming from the north. And when the cool air comes, what happens? It brings rain again. That's the, that's the, la the, the, the latter rain. I'm sorry, the former and the latter rain. So the former rain would be the spring. The latter rain would be the fall. But the rain comes with the change of season. And it's set up by God to come that way. You can depend on it coming every year, just like that with the change of season. What Hosea is saying is this. The season we're in is not going to stay that way. You, you, you see, right now, we're in the summertime. But it won't stay summer. Fall's coming. Then we'll get into the wintertime. But thank God it won't stay winter. Spring's coming. And you know what? We're in a particular season right now in this world. That season's going to change. It's not going to stay like this. We're not just going to keep going on with crazy political leaders, with wars and rumors of wars, 
waiting for the next epidemic to come around and what shot we need to take next. People trying to be men, trying to be women, women trying to be men, people trying to kill their babies. Which well, it's not just going to go on like this. A change of season is coming. Jesus coming is set up. It's erected. It's also going to be timely. Just like the former and latter rains. The rain and the spring, the rain and the fall. Just as the rain comes sure on God's design schedule, so Jesus will come the same. He'll come when He's needed most. And when He does, He'll be like the welcome rain to a dry and thirsty world. He will come to heal the wound that sin left and to give life where only death has been. What a glorious message from Hosea chapter 6, verse 3. God willing, we'll take back up in verse 4 next week as we continue our study of God's Word. Let's pray and then we'll have a quick uh, business meeting. And then Tammy will have her vacation Bible school meeting. So stay in your seats. We'll have a quick business meeting first. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. Oh, Lord, how powerful your word is. How candid and descriptive your Holy Spirit is to give us such an amazing, illustrative description of the return of Christ. And how Israel will recognize their need of Him. And Lord, I thank You, Father. Help anyone here today to realize the world's not going to continue on as it is. There is a change of season. Even the atheist scientists say that it's only a matter of time before the sun runs out of energy and the earth is dead. It won't go on like this. And we need to prepare ourselves for the coming of the Savior. Lest when He comes, He won't come as our Savior, but as our judge. I thank You for the great and precious promises of Your Word. And I pray if there's anyone here who does not know Christ as their Savior, they will get with me or Brother Shepherd after church and let us show them the way, the truth, and the life. In your precious word, we pray in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen.